This is Father Jared Kramer from St. John's Episcopal Church here in Grand Haven, Michigan, with today's edition of Christian Mythbusters, a regular segment I offer to counter some common misconceptions about the Christian faith. As President Biden and Congress continually work through budget negotiations and other legislative questions, there's a word that keeps cropping up, one that is used pretty regularly to smear and dismiss political policies that are actually widely popular with our citizens. That word is socialism. I think that one of the most unfortunate developments in American political and religious thought in the 20th century was the conversion of the word socialism into something that is somehow un-American. And so this week, I'd like to break the myth that Christians cannot be socialists and maybe even break the myth that Americans cannot either. The scare concepts linking democratic socialism to communism are unfortunate, albeit rather expected. The most salient difference between the two is that democratic socialists believe in precisely that, a democracy. Communist forms of government are not democratic because the people do not get to vote for those who represent them. In communist systems, the state controls everything and a small group of people control the state. In communism, there is no such thing as private property. Everything is held by the state and individuals are given their basic needs from the state. Contemporary democratic socialists, and I would include myself in this camp, do not advocate for a wholesale government takeover of all means of production, which would be classical socialism, but instead argue that the government should take over those systems best handled by the government. We already do this in America, believing it makes most sense for the government to provide for a military, for a safety net for the poor to exist through Social Security and Medicare, and to have a hand in ensuring there's adequate public housing. The democratic socialist argument, for example, when it comes to the current insurance-based healthcare system, is that it is an inherently inefficient and unjust way of paying for healthcare in our country. Medicare for all would more effectively accomplish this work. Given the fact that our healthcare costs are far above any other developed country, all of whom have some form of government-provided care, and that our healthcare outcomes are far below other countries, I find this argument rather persuasive. And knowing what percentage of a church's budget winds up going to pay for private insurance, I think there's a strong stewardship argument to be made that church's dollars could best be spent elsewhere if the government would provide effective healthcare. Regardless, Christians should not be scared by language of socialism. One of the most significant reasons is because Christian socialism is a real, valid, and authentic tradition. It continues to be a significant part of the history of my own tradition of Anglican Christianity. This movement, particularly strong in the United Kingdom, began in the 19th century, is an argument that many socialist concepts can be clearly supported based upon the clear text of Holy Scripture and the teachings of Jesus Christ. But there was also a strong Christian socialist movement among Calvinists in France, the birthplace of the Calvinist movement, throughout much of the 19th and 20th centuries. In the early 20th century, the Episcopal Bishop of Utah, Spencer Spaulding, put it most succinctly when he wrote, The Christian church exists for the sole purpose of saving the human race. So far she has failed, but I think that socialism shows how she may succeed. It insists that men cannot be made right until the material conditions be made right. Although man cannot live by bread alone, he must have bread. Therefore, the church must destroy a system of society which inevitably creates and perpetuates unequal and unfair conditions of life. We saw this fight in our own country's battle against injustice through the labor movement of the 20th century. 
We need to remember the ending of child labor, the creation of the 40-hour work week and overtime pay, the establishment of rules for safe working conditions. All of these were a government intrusion into the free exercise of the market. But they were intrusions that needed to happen because of the way that unfettered capitalism was destroying the lives of working people. I would argue we confront precisely this sort of reality in 21st century America. With the economic impact of the coronavirus pandemic beginning to recede, we are seeing the economy begin to rebound, but it's also clear that the booming economy of the past several years and the growth happening right now is a growth primarily enjoyed by the wealthy. Over the past 30 years, the bottom 90% of our population went from holding roughly one-third of all wealth to just under a quarter. At the same time, the wealth share of the top 1% went from 30% to 40%. And almost all economists agree that those numbers have gotten far worse during this past year and a half. We can do better as a country, and Christians following the teachings of Scripture and Jesus when it comes to caring for the poor, orphan, and immigrant must make their voice heard and demand our country do better. Thanks for being with me. To find out more about my parish, you can go to sjegh.com. Until next time, remember, protest like Jesus, love recklessly, and live your faith out in a community that accepts you, but also challenges you to be better tomorrow than you are today.